Blog Talk Radio. be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his farm. Father God, for this day. We thank you, Father God, for the days that we have ahead. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for your blood and and for your incredible forgiveness and for your mercy, Father God. It is just unbelievable how awesome you are. And we praise you for this night. We thank you for Brother Wayne Fowler. We pray in the name of Jesus that there is no, uh, you know, electronic issues that uh, or or planning issues or our or or, or, uh, time issues, you know, a time uh, uh, zone issue that get in the way of the program and the success of uh, and the success of the program father because we need to hear this good and encouraging and awesome message from our brother and uh, so many of the other revelations that he was uh, sh- that were shared with him in his encounter with you father and we just praise you for this opportunity we thank you for this evening father God we also thank you for the end times events that are happening across the world uh, to many of us uh, they are you know maybe maybe aren't happening quite as quickly as we'd like to see them happen but on the other hand when we do ponder uh, the darkness that is going to rise up across, the, you know, the things that are being threatened, uh, the things that have been and have been continuously be- being threatened. I mean, really, from the World Economic Forum, the threats of uh, cyber uh, attacks against the uh, electronic grid and uh, taking down of power grids and, and, and uh, you know, threats of additional, um, uh, you know, pandemic-like events. Father, we just praise you and we thank you because we know that these are the things that Jesus told us about in the Olivet Discourse. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to understand that, uh, you know, that there are, uh, at least you know, to the best of our understanding, and we continue to get more and more confirmations. Thank you, Jesus. That's just how you are. You're so awesome. Awesome, Father, uh, you know, about more than one rapture. We thank you for understanding the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, the grape harvest. We praise you, Lord Jesus, to help, for helping us to, to, to have hope. Uh, for those of us who have been doing these types of things, who have been desperately trying to reach out to people, uh, uh, you know, uh, every Everybody that we know, uh, you know, in our lives, you know, whenever the opportunity 
rises up before us. Uh, you know, we it's been very difficult, Father. It has been a very, very uh, incredibly uh, – words cannot even begin to describe how difficult the journey has been uh, for those of us who have been awake and aware of these things that are happening and, and, and the ever-encroaching intensity of the end times. And we just praise you, Father, because we know that if it wasn't for your grace – there, you know, uh, even Jesus, your warning, I forget where exactly it is, but I think it's somewhere in Luke 12, probably multiple places in the Gospels where you warn that we don't want to, you know, uh, allow ourselves to become weighted down by the burdens associated with the end times events that are happening. And, you know, and as you put it in, in the one parable, uh, you know, that, that, you know, and should we be found, you know, beating our servants or whatever, you know, uh, uh, getting drunk and beating our servants when you come back that we, we, we would, you know, that wouldn't fare well for us to put it lightly and father we just thank you for helping us to understand where we are to help us keep our heads together uh to help us continue to draw in closer to you in the secret place of the most high to be able to reap the benefits uh the amazing benefits that we get from trusting you from drawing in closer from being from from you becoming our everything in our walk because, it, you know, it, until we get to that place, you know, where we can actually believe with all of our heart that we are literally walking in Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. And, Father, we want that promise. We want that more than anything right now. We have to have it. Let us rejoice in the place that you have brought us as difficult as this journey has been. and just give you all the praise, honor, and glory, no matter where we are, no matter no matter what lot we have been given in life. We just need to reach out and just thank you, Father, and praise you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before our Father someday. With exceeding joy, and to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I gizmos, gadgets, rheostats, spinning knobs, and all kinds of things. I got to, boy, I got to do some repair work on the Golden JIB Studios. They are falling apart. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And then the funny thing about it is I think to myself, you know, man, you know, almost like, you know, why, you know, I don't feel like it's been like these things ought to be breaking, breaking, you know, I just don't feel like it ought to be happening. Uh, you know, cause I think that some, you know, durable goods ought to have some expectation of longevity. Um, even if you do install them improperly in the first place and you, you, you take shortcuts and don't use, you know, uh, uh, what they call drywall anchors and things like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, then I look back on the time that's transpired since I've originally put a lot of these things up that are breaking. And I think to myself, wow, wow. You know, when you look backwards, you, you, you say, to you, it's, it's, a, it's, it's mind bending. You look backwards and you say, and you start counting back the years, you know, I mean, think how, I think, I think how long ago 9-11 was, is that amazing or what? I mean, but then you look into the future and you're like, oh my gosh, if I got to wait to 2024 for Donald Trump to get reelected before the civil war breaks out in the United States of Babylon the Great and all these other things that were prophesied or you know start to you know be made manifest before our eyes, uh, not just you know dangling uh, uh, visions, dreams, prophecies, and things that have been you know kind of tucked away uh, for an, an endless, seemingly endless period of time, really. Uh, and I look, you know, like the little shelf that's coming loose, you know, that I have to fix. I now I got some new braces coming, so they, I think they arrived today. So praise God for that. Maybe I can do it tomorrow night. But anyway, um, you know, but yeah, I look, I look at the things that are you know kind of given away, the the things that need to be repaired. The I look at the, you know, all that, and I'm like. Nine, ten, eleven years of stuff. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! So when you look back, you know it's so weird. When you look back in time, you're, you know, you're kind of like blown away by how, you know, long it's been, and it's been so much longer than we even began. I mean, do you know the Syrian war? The Syrian war started in 2011. Imagine that. Same time that we, uh, hold on a second. Same time that we started this program. Praise Jesus. I mean, around about July, maybe August of uh, 2011. And that's when the Syrian, and they still say, you know, as far as Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff, the Syrian war is still going on, which, which technically it still is. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those everlasting gobstoppers of, you know, war actions or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it's just this endless stuff, you know, proxy war stuff going on. And how long is the Ukraine thing going to go on for? I mean, really, when you think about it, you know, when I look when I look at the, you know, the 2024, because right now, I mean, I, I got a lot of people, you know, I, I, many, many people that, you know, and, and praise God for this, because otherwise I'd probably go wacky in a rubber room. And I probably already am wacky in a rubber room, but that I maybe I just, you know, don't know the magnitude of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the uh, but when I look at, uh, you know, it, 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 it like Camille over in you know, Brazil or I mean, uh, Belgium, he'll, he'll just like, you know, spring up. He's like, oh, my gosh, everything. Look at everything that's going on. 
Uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, the cost of bread is uh, through the roof. Uh, the end times, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And then, you know, then I'll talk to him a couple of weeks later, and then he'll be like, kind of like, you know, almost on the borderline of being bombed out, you know, because you get yourself worked up because you see so many end times things happening. And then, uh, which I do, I do, uh, you know, I can, so many different people that, you know, praise Jesus that I get to get to talk to, but I, I see them waxing and waning. You know, like I do, uh, you know, and getting excited and then being like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because when you remember, that's the one thing. It's not I don't like the term curse, but we'll call it a challenge, a blessing and a challenge. OK, it's a challenge to know or to have so many prophecy, dreams and visions that you've tucked away in your heart. Uh, sort of like uh, Psalm, uh, what is it, uh, one one eleven verse nineteen or something like that. I've written your your word on my uh, your 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 word in my heart, Lord, that I would not sin against thee. Uh, is it one nineteen eleven? I forget. But anyway, so um, <clears throat> you know, we 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 when you have tucked away so many dr- prophecies, dreams, and visions, and things that you know or, or believe with all of your heart that are still going to happen because there was enough confirmations of them. So that's the thing. When you get a lot of confirmations, like we're getting more and more confirmations of three raptures, all right? And I wrote that article. I Now, was it a coincidence or was it some kind of a supernatural thing that I wrote the article back in 2011 uh, called Multi-Phased Rescue Mission? I mean, who would have thunk? I mean, that was totally off the cuff. I read Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, 38, and I said, that reads like a newspaper to me, and that looks like Jesus is coming back three times for his people. So I wrote the article, Multi-Phase Rescue Mission, and my posit, my hypothesis behind the article was, look at these scriptures. It sure seems to me that Jesus come back three times. Then we had the one guy that wrote a book about it, uh, and, and just so many confirmations, so many confirmations. And, and I'm going to be speaking with Wayne Fowler tonight, praise God, uh, briefly about that, because I, uh, somebody had told me uh, that uh, when he was in heaven with the Lord, the Lord told him that there were going to be three raptures. I find that absolutely amazing. Now, now, once I get that confirmation, now I don't have the, you know, because, you know, emails fly back and forth and people are, you know, and juggly, wuggly, wuggly, wuggly. And let's see if we can get this person on. And some people say yes. Some people don't answer. You know, it's very hard to keep up with it all. And um, but anyway, so providing that my information is not incorrect. And Brother Wayne was told that by the Lord when he was in heaven, or even at a later time through some sort of vision or whatever. I don't, it, it, it's irrelevant. However, he was given that information is irrelevant to me. If he got it divinely, supernaturally, praise God, thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful confirmation. Because we really need, you know, for those of us who have been doing this for a really long time, it's challenging. I mean, to say the least, um, you know, it's really challenging. A lot of us, I, I, you know, I, I hear the testimonies of my fellow brothers and sisters that I counsel, you know, I don't counsel them per se, but, you know, they might ask me, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'll say, well, I, here's what I think um, or whatever. Or they might say, I'm going through some really, really super unbelievably bad times. Please pray for me. And I'll stop, drop and pray. Praise God. Um, or or I'll, if, if it's really significant and ongoing for quite some time, then a lot of times I'll, I'll add them to my morning uh, prayer uh, 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 routine. I, I don't like to call it a routine because it almost makes it seem, but it, I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I want it to be more intimate. You know, I don't, I don't like the, ter- the term routine sort of robs the intimacy uh, um, quotient, <laughs> you know, uh, of your prayer time. So I, I don't like that term for prayers. But unfortunately, because we're all stuck in this awful 
prison planet situation, particularly if we're still, you know, working in the, you know, workplace, uh, we're stuck with a routine. You know, we got to get up at a certain hour, got to do this, got to do that, got to, you know, bam, 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 you know, this, that, and the other thing, you got to be at work on time, you got to log in your computer, blah, 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 you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And of course, it's always joy, just absolutely the best, most fun ever to wake up and go, oh, yeah, I got to go to the airport. That's <laughs> like, forget that noise. I, and I had, you know, I showed a photograph that I took from the hotel room when I was over, over in Atlanta, and somebody was like, "Wow, uh, you know, I, it was a, a friend of mine or whatever." And, and she said, uh, "Oh, wow, that looks really beautiful." And she goes, "But I guess it isn't that beautiful if you've seen it like a thousand times." And I. It's funny. You know, you will look out the window of a hotel, you know, 47 stories up, and you'll look out over the city, and you'll be like, wow, that is kind of, you know, really amazing skyline, but, uh, you know, particularly in, in, in the dark uh, when the city lights light up. But, um, and, you know, you'll snap a picture and you'll go like, oh, wow, that's really wild. But um, the, the fact of the matter is that when you have seen things like that over and over and over again, um, then you're, it's true. It, it becomes mundane. Um, uh, and then, you know, your number one concern, of course, is uh, do I get a, do I have to wear a mask? And what in the world am I going to do to make that seven hours being trapped on a plane, stuffed into a seat like a sardine in a can, uh, you know, go by faster? <laughs> okay, that's what your goal is. But anyway, praise God, um, you know, with all the prophecies, dreams, and visions that we have tucked away, uh, that we, we've done, probably, I would say at this point, it is likely that we have done something to the effect of maybe, I'm just guessing, 12, probably 12 separate shows, maybe more uh, over the last 11 years or so, uh, that were 100% focused. And of course, they grew over time, you know, the, the amount, the information and the information dynamics changed over time, uh, which is normal. And then um, you would add to it. You know, there would be more confirmations. Okay, now we know there's going to be an aircraft carrier that's going to get sunk off of the, you know, and all these different things are going to happen. You know, we had a series of, uh, and it merits repeating, we had a series, many of them, I'd say about six, maybe seven, maybe eight. Uh, I don't know how many of those people actually came on the radio show as guests, but there was a percentage, probably about three, but there were more than that that were shown by the Lord in uh, visions or dreams or whatever the case was of Donald Trump in a casket. Okay, so uh, the implication was that he was, you know, taken out. Uh, you know, kind of like a JFK thing. You've got the dynamic, the supernatural dynamic where uh, Bill Gates, who we know is seeding evil, uh, you know, uh, made an announcement in the early part of the year 2016. Uh, to the world uh, to, to let them know that, in his opinion, Donald Trump was going to be the next JFK. Well, I find that very interesting because the implications of that are not what you might think when they're coming from a Satanist's mouth. Because Satanists talk in code. But, you know, you have to be around the block a couple of times to realize, you know, and to be expecting that dynamic to be taking place. And then, then you, re, you, you, you don't hear what everybody else hears. The other thing was there was a supernatural dynamic where Donald Trump was sitting across from uh, Brett Baer and some other Fox News anchor or whatever, uh, you know, right after the pandemic started and, they, and, you know, Trump was on the left of the Lincoln Memorial and, and Brett Baer and this other woman, I forget her name, blonde haired lady, but there's so many blonde haired ladies on Fox for crying out loud. I mean, good luck with that guess. But anyway, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and there you are. You have this visual of Donald Trump sitting right by the Lincoln Memorial. 
So, so within pretty much about a year and a half, you have these two very weird kind of creepy, you know, when you realize that you're living in a spiritual existence. Okay. Now we're in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're a part of the hologram. Amen. I got it. But everything is supernatural around us. The problem with us is that we don't see it. Now, when we start looking at things from through, through supernatural spiritual eyes all the time, then things begin to change. Then God starts to talk to us. Then we start to, you know, nothing's a coincidence anymore. Okay. And so, you know, so we've got all that queued up. We've got, you know, is it going to happen? I don't know. Could God call an audible and change that dynamic? Yes, he could. Could the prayers of the saints override something that was originally planned? Absolutely. Um, you know, and it makes things very difficult and, and uh, you know, to try to predict. But when you have enough of them, you know, when you have a bunches and bunches and bunches, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, and it climbs up. And when you get lots and lots of confirmations over a long, long period, I mean, talking about, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15, 20, sometimes longer years, okay, that something's going to happen. And then he starts, oh, my gosh, you know, brother so-and-so in 1918 had a dream about this happening. You know, when you start connecting dots over uh, over 100 years of time or more, uh, in some cases, then, you know, that I think that really, really super duper confirms the likelihood that that event will probably happen. But then again, there definitely seems to be some kind of cat and mouse game going on with with, uh, you know, our Heavenly Father and Satan. And there always seems to have been one of those going on. Uh, But anyway, uh, that aside, uh, we 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 have a lot of stuff queued up. We're waiting on the Civil War that was shown uh, in the, you know, that was uh, typed about, uh, written about uh, by uh, Dimitri Dudeman in his book, uh, Through the Fire Without Burning. Okay, and he, the, the kickoff event for him, the Lord was showing him the end times events, you know, happening. Uh, and and the, first, the, th- the main kickoff event that he saw was, uh, you know, a civil war breaking out in the central part of the United States and then spreading outward in all directions. There was another uh, person, I don't remember the individual's name, but my sister sent it out. And once in a while, very rarely, I will take a quick skim peek over a few, you know, and just see if there's anything that jumps out at me. In this particular, uh, he, he had seen a big X over the United States. Um, and, uh, and, you know, fire starting in the middle of the X and it was almost like, uh, the X was made out of gunpowder kind of a thing. And then it burst into flames right in the center and then started to spread out, you know, uh, which of course he interpreted correctly. So as being some type of a civil disturbance, you know, on, on, on a humongous apocalyptic magnitude. So we got that queued up. Okay, uh, you know, we don't really know where the uh, sinking of the aircraft carrier, uh, North Korea kind of thing. We don't know when that comes. We don't know if that is a an event that precludes or starts a series of other events. We just don't know the answer to that. We don't know, um, you know, we know that I believe that, you know, and I'm still sticking to this I because I just, it's just a feeling and I could be wrong and I know that, but I still believe at this time that the best account that I have ever seen in my life uh, that, that seen, and I do use the word seen because there's no way to be absolutely sure that a person is seeing things perfectly chronologically. Uh, however, uh, in Sarah Manet's vision of 1979, her, the things that she saw in the end times appear, as you read them, to be awful chronological. 
chronological. Okay, so you get this feeling as you're reading them that, that this happened first, this happened second, this happened third, this happened fourth, this happened fifth. Now, she did say in the middle of it that she was starting to become a little bit disoriented because things were going by, flapping past her, you know, in, in this vision really, really fast. And she's, she said she lost track, of, kind of like lost a little bit track of time. So that's your that there's your yellow flag alert saying that well these things may not have been seen in you know chronological order, um, but it seems to me it kind of appears to me or at least I get the feeling when I read it that it is one of the more chronological goal uh and certainly most comprehensive has the most uh, number of different events in it end times events in it and uh, they and they line up with bazillions i don't even know how many different prophecies dreams and visions and things that god has given his people surely the lord god does nothing without first revealing it through his servants and prophets amos 3 7 praise god uh, but that doesn't mean he won't change his mind either it doesn't mean the prayers of the saints can't make an adjustment it doesn't mean that he won't relent. Don't use your King James. Use your new King James. Use your Amplified and search on the word relent, R-E-L-E-N-T. It's not repent. It's relent. King James has it wrong. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff queued up right now, and now they're trying to jam monkeypox down our throats and everything. And monkeypox really is kind of in, it's inconsequential. Uh, and it looks real bad. It does. It looks horrible. I wouldn't want to have that. I mean, are you kidding me? Forget that noise. And there is about a five to eight, roughly, give or take percentage of people who die. Uh, because, quite frankly, whenever anybody gets anything uh, that causes uh, flu symptoms and fevers and all that kind of stuff, there are there is a percentage of the population that passes away. When they get that stuff, there's always been a I don't know what the actual numbers are, but we could look it up uh, on, uh, you know, going back forever. I don't know. 1960s, 1930s, 1940s, uh, the regular basic uh, seasonal flu kills X number of people every single year as a general rule. It's a bunch. It's a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, the monkeypox thing is just – it just looks real ugly, and I, I imagine it's miserable to have it. Uh, but it's not a special – but, see, here's the thing. What we don't know is did they dork with it, right? We don't know if they dorked with it because they're – I mean, look at all of the biolabs they found in just the Ukraine. Do you think the Ukraine's the only place that has them? Come on. They got to have these things all over the place. It can't. Ukraine might be – heavily laden with them but i wouldn't i would not hypothesize for a moment that it's the only place in the world that these shape-shifting reptilians have their bioweapons labs i i I would believe they're all over the place all over the place and so then the question we have to ask ourselves is is this really just monkeypox or is this something that they've created even worse and they're working very hard, folks, to get the, you know, the, the, the H5N71 or whatever the number of the day is going to be for the bird flu or whatever. They're trying so hard to get that to uh, mutate into the, to, to, you know, move from uh, uh, birds, you know, and, and stuff into humans. I mean, the, 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 the evil, sinister, sick, twisted, seething, seething evil that these entities are up to right now is I don't think it can be quantified. I mean, I just don't think that there's any possible way. There's no words in the Oxford English Dictionary, uh, even if you used multiple, uh, you know, uh, adjectives, whatever, uh, or adverbs. You know, I really don't think you'd be able to quantify it. I really don't think you'd even be able to come close. 
the, the, the depth of the evil, the sickness, the level of it, the magnitude of the evil. I, the problem is people just don't get it. And and I once in a blue moon I'll get a text message which I did this last weekend <clears throat> I, or this weekend I got a text message from um, sister well, I'll just say sister Steph I'll leave it at that and she she went to see a movie in the theater and she just was flipping out I mean I, it was like pages and pages and pages she types me uh, freaking out because it's so satanic and I'm like thinking to myself uh, yup. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone within 10,000 feet of those tickets. Okay, no way. Uh, I, I wouldn't have had to go see the movie to know that it was going to be satanic because I already knew it was going to be satanic. Uh, but, you know, and I don't want nothing to do with that noise. I got to a place, you know, there was a while in the beginning of my walk where the Lord took me down a journey where I learned about satanic ritual abuse, uh, you know, the, 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 the alien thing. I'm, I'm just going to call it the alien thing because that right there is like 50 books. Okay, you, you can't quantify how deep and dark the military and uh, extraterrestrial industrial complex is. It is unbelievably deep and dark. It does there. It, it's filthy. It's horrible. It's satanic. It is it, words cannot describe and I'm, I don't even want to go there anymore. After a while, because of the intensity, the hundreds of books, DVDs, lectures, uh, multimedia events, um, the amount of information that I ingested was second to none. I mean, never in my life have I ever, with the exception of you know the Bible, you know, uh, have I spent so much. I mean, wow. I mean, wow. And um, now I'm at a place right now where when somebody's telling me about, oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? The satanic this, satanic that? I'm like, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. I don't care. Don't don't mean nothing to me. All I want to do is stomp on Satan's head as hard as I can until I just want to smash it. I just want I, I want to d- destroy the works of the devil. Just like Jesus did. That's that's all I care about. I want to destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. And um, I think that all of us should have that as one of our agenda items in serving God in the days that we have left. Praise his name. All right. But, yeah, looking at the 2024 thing and the Trump thing, I mean, man, isn't it painful to just look at your calendar and say, oh, gosh, it's 2022. We still got the midterms. There hasn't been a black swan event, but there's all the chatter in the whole wide world. My goodness, you could latch on to any one of 10,000 different things that people are saying are very likely to happen to stop the election. You know, it's like, you know, and, and it's so I, when I look at all of the evil that the evil ones have been allowed to, to, to do, the laws, the acts, the various amendments to, you know, constitute this and that, and, you know, it's just seething evil on a level you just can't quantify it. It is the worst of the worst of the worst. It is horrible. And, um, uh, and, and then you say to yourself, wait a minute, are they going to let it all go? Because really, what will happen is if, if, if everything goes red during the midterms, which is what is speculated to happen, which is only, let's see, in May, say we've got June, July, August, September, October, November. So we're basically talking about mm, six months. So we've got six months until this midterm thing flips everything around. <clears throat> and then you can believe that the uh, and here in the United States of Babylon the Great, that the Republican Party is looking very much forward to reversing virtually every single thing that Obama put into place. OK, we know it wasn't Biden. We don't even know what he is. I don't think I'm positive he's not human. I've seen his pupil shapeshift uh, into that of a viper. 
Okay, and it's, it's how the Testament of Amaran puts it, uh, out of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So I've seen it. I got the video. All right, so I don't know what he is, but I, to me, probably some type of a Draco, very much like, um, uh, uh, gosh, Hillary Clinton and all that. Oh, there's so many of them. I mean, what percentage? It, we don't even know how many of the entities that are in Congress in the United States of Babylon the Great are even human at all. Let alone how many megachurches have uh, non-human entities that are, you know, their senior pastors. I mean, this world is so sick and twisted and upside down. I mean, it's like you hardly, I, like I, I used to joke around all the time about being a bit of a meerkat. You know, I'd pop my head up out of the hole and look to the left, look to the right, and I go like, "All right, I'm out of here," and I duck back down into the hole again. Because that's, you know, after a while, when you wake up to all of these things, it's like when somebody comes running to you and goes, John, it's like, oh, my gosh, Satan is everywhere. Satan is everywhere. It's the most satanic thing I've ever seen in my entire – and I'm just sitting there going, welcome to my world. <laughs> it's like I'm having a flashback to, like, the 40s. But anyway, um, and I didn't even live during that time, although I did appreciate a lot of the music. But anyway, um, uh, praise God. So, uh, yeah, 2024, Trump coming back. We're, uh, Civil War, casket, all that stuff, put it together. Where does that fit in with the uh, sinking of the aircraft carrier? Where does that fit in with the uh, two tactical nukes shot from the bottom, you know, from an F-60, you know, at the uh, Ford Al facility over in Iran to take out the nuclear reactor? That's going to happen. Where does this all fit together? Where, how does it snap together? What happens first? What happens second? What you know? Right now, uh, these entities of the filth have the ability to manipulate mankind's minds. Now, how much is that exacerbated by only Jesus knows how much evil got injected into people's arms through that mRNA weirdness? Um, you know, anyone's guess, really, when you think about it. We don't know. I, I hear reports from so many people, and yes, I, don't, I, I have no opinion. I withhold adjudication. All right. But if that could be also a catalyst to some of the weirdness that we're seeing out there. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Yes, we do have that one prophecy from Sister Bonnie from 2013 where the Lord spoke through her and said things will happen so rapidly that you will barely be able to catch your breath between these events. You know, well, are we there yet? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we are, because God's perception of time and time passing is utterly, utterly, utterly different than ours, obviously. Um, and um, uh, so I don't know. Are we there yet? We could be. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Kids, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I don't know. I, I mean, looking forward to 2024 and thinking that that may be... And what if, what if that's true, and we do, and we make it to 2024, Trump does get into the presidency, all heck breaks loose, blah, 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 in the midst of who knows what will be going on in Ukraine by then. Do you think it will drag on that long? It's only two years from now. And you're like, you know, only two years, oh my gosh, this is going through so slow, I could just rip my, you know, the whole spleen trip for it. I know, it's enough to drive you nuts. But how fast is it going to go by? I don't know how fa how much how how fast is the uh, the global um, starvation thing gonna? I mean, but what's up with that? 
I mean, we, we have all the warnings. We, we have, what is it, 18, 19, 20? Somebody told, one person told me 30 food manufacturing, food uh, processing facilities in the United States were burned to the ground. That had to have been arson. In the midst of a shortage of building supplies, so they're not going to be able to rebuild them. Major impact. That you got all the fuss about the grain over in the Ukraine, but you've also got the Russian grain. Evidently, according to the people who know about supply chains very, very well, the 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 they maintain that just the Russians alone could supply enough grain for the whole world. Well, look what we've done. Well, we didn't do it. The shape shifting Draco reptilians did it. And they answer directly to Satan. As a matter of fact, the pecking order is Satan, Dracos, and then um, and then uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dracos, reptilians, and then the Greys. Um, I don't know all of it, you know, but, but that, that that's the main pecking order coming down right from the boardroom of Satan himself, uh, you know. But it's so. Uh, it's never ending. But anyway, on that note, I don't want to run out of time because I, I know that Brother Wayne is going to be calling in from Australia, and we got to time that just right. Uh, you know, I, and I, I know it's tricky business. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so let's go ahead and go right into the news. Um, well, we'll do a couple of quick jokes with the kids. Kids, are you all right with that? All right. Looks like you're all right with that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I know. I wish we could get this over with. Please, Lord, please come now. Come now. Okay, draw. Let me pull my little marker up. All right, kids, you ready? Name a bow that cannot be tied. Name a bow that cannot be tied. A rainbow. <laughs> rainbows. Oh, my gosh. You know rainbows? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Satan could be so sick and so evil and so pervasively taking over the world that the very depiction of a rainbow, the most beautiful things God has ever created, can now be equated with some of the worst things that, well, anyway. All right, kids, next one up. What goes up when the rain goes down? What goes up when the rain goes down? An umbrella. <laughs> okay, kids, come on. I know. It wasn't that funny. But, hey, that's cool. You gave me a cheer. Okay, kids, what do you call a rabbit with fleas? What do you call a rabbit with fleas? Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Hallelujah. Kids, come on. All right. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's move into the news. God, thank you, Jesus. Uh, headline, emergency Sunday broadcast, new global lockdowns imminent as smokescreen for impending worldwide financial collapse announcement of the new world order. Now, this is coming from InfoWars, <clears throat> and I have a lot of respect for them. But you do have to put everything on a shelf because, you know, uh, while the evidence is um, – <clears throat> 
it's never ending. <laughs> Some of these articles have, you know, 30 links in them and stuff. You know, it's it's amazing. But we don't really absolutely know for sure exactly what's going to happen when. Okay, but I will say this. The reason why I brought that headline up is because there is much fuss right now over the whole monkeypox thing. All right. Now, as I was saying, monkeypox looks real, real ugly. Um, but it isn't. On the grand scheme of various things like anthrax, smallpox, uh, you know, hemorrhagic fever, like the uh, one pervasive now in the Middle East called, they call it the Congo uh, fever. <clears throat> this is, those are some, those are real bad. Okay, those are like almost Ebola bad. All right. So, um, but monkeypox is nothing like that. But you, but watch what happens. Watch what happens. What they, the forces of darkness, the shape-shifting reptilian entities, the Draco reptilians, these entities, these creatures, these filthy, evil, I, oh, the stuff I could tell you. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. The point is this. The, these entities are, they know that they can manipulate us. We failed the test. We failed the test. There are still people walking around. There are still people driving around in their cars with masks on inside their cars. Do you think, what do you think the, 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 the World Economic Forum Nazis are, are thinking that when they look at that? They're thinking one thing, we got them. They're ours. We can destroy them, we can murder them, we can kill their kids, we can do anything we want to to them because look at them, they're wearing masks inside of cars. All right, so I'm going to play this little ditty here. I don't even, it's just, it's, it's entitled Monkeypox, War Games, and Vaccine Side Effects. I do not know what's on this video. I don't know, but I'm going to play it, and if it gets out of line, then I'll kill it, and I'll tell you why. But I, I, I just wanted to see what they had to say, because um, it a lot of this stuff could, they may use this as a manipulative tool to control humanity once again. In another, I mean, really, they can make they, they could make up anything. People are so gullible, so high strung. It's I don't know. I have to choose my words carefully because it's very, very frustrating for those of us who've been watching these things, calculating them out, seeing them happen. We, we're, we're many of us are beside ourselves, and it just makes you want to recoil, you know, because you know you can't get through to anybody. I mean, it's at this point. There's just no. I mean, and they're trying. And the entities of darkness are making it so that when anyone speaks up, it's going to ultimately become a criminal offense. They're going to take you away. It's going to be. It's not going to be Orwellian. It will be beyond Orwell. Much worse. All right, let's listen to this audio bite. In 1980, smallpox was declared eradicated by the World Health Assembly. After 9/11, however, concerns over bioterrorism attacks increased. We also face a new threat that the next epidemic uh, has a good chance of originating on a computer screen of a terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version of the smallpox virus or a contagious, contagious and highly deadly strain of flu. And have since led the US FDA to fully approve two brand new smallpox vaccines, ACAM 2000 and Genios. The U.S. national stockpile also includes a third vaccine for smallpox called APSV, an investigational replication competent vaccine which could potentially be made available under emergency authorization. 
ACAM 2000 was approved by the FDA in 2007. As of 2019, ACAM has been limited for use primarily in U.S. military and DOD personnel due to the safety risks, which include becoming infected with the vaccine zone virus, vaccine shedding, and death. Package insert also includes a number of warnings and precautions, um, including a black box warning for the uh, serious adverse events, which are listed here and which we'll describe in a little bit more detail in a further slide. The CDC's own website also states that the risk of ACAM side effects and household contacts is the same as those for the vaccine recipient, another pandemic of the vaccinated. Now let's move on to Genius the vaccine most recently approved for both smallpox and monkeypox. We look here to the FDA's Biologics License Application Review. In this 213-page memorandum, you'll find that its effectiveness was only inferred using the immunobridging process to compare it with ACAM. As of 2019, it is only approved for those who are determined to be at high risk of either smallpox or monkeypox. This vaccine also goes by the name of Infonex in Europe and Infimmune in Canada. In addition to the vaccines, both the U.S. and U.K. governments have been preparing for a monkeypox outbreak using tabletop scenario war games, similar to Event 201. The Nuclear Threat Initiative, or NTI, prepared for such an event in the spring of 2021 using a genetically modified monkeypox scenario. This event even included some of the same players from Event 201. This year's NTI tabletop exercise featured a bioweapons attack against cattle which would prepare them for, let's say, a virus outbreak at the new BSL-4 agriculture lab in Kansas. The UK Ministry of Defense recently used Conductor to play out how they would react to Russian disinformation during a monkeypox outbreak. Conductor is an extremely advanced crisis simulation software used by the UK government and even the United Nations, among others, to create and test different scenarios, including pandemics, cyber attacks, earthquakes, and specifically monkeypox outbreaks. The software is finely tuned to resemble social media, including Facebook and Twitter. This particular war game can be found on the UK's professional wargaming site, Connections UK. Interestingly, but possibly unrelated, the United States wargaming site includes training on how to target human trust on social media. It's like you don't really need that expensive virus if you can put together a couple of really, really good Twitter handles and Facebook pages. What might our governments be preparing for? Or is it already here? You say, okay, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports? You know, how would the world respond to that? Uh, okay, uh, Gabe, as if we don't have enough to worry about. Now we're hearing about the arrival of this other viral disease. It's called monkeypox. The number of confirmed or suspected cases of monkeypox worldwide is now 106. What the heck is monkeypox and do we actually need to worry about this? Monkeypox to lekar Europe mein high alert jari kiya gaya hai America tak pahuncha monkeypox ka kahar. And in fact the questions right now Ankita are what is this disease and why should we in India worry? Uh, a very rare virus to find outside West Africa. All right. <clears throat> so basically weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. WMD. Say it over, 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 over. Monkeypox, 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 monkeypox. Oh my gosh, it's monkeypox! Hey man, if it gets me off these airplanes. 
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another headline here says, and here we go. Stefan Pandera, Ukrainian hero or Nazi collaborator. How about both? Okay. How about willing participant in the Holocaust? Okay. Anyway, so you can do your own uh, research on that, but I just saw the headlines kind of flying around and people are waking up to it all. Hallelujah. Next one up. Staggering statistics. Number of the United States Navy deserters is more than doubled from 2019 to 2021. More than doubled. Navy deserters. You know, that I find that to just to be wow. Okay. Anyway, uh, so many weird, creepy things going on around the world, and you can't really figure out the root cause of the vast majority of them, which is really just – and then, of course, we naturally, in our brains, we default, well, it must be an effect of the vaccine because I heard there's all kinds of weird psychological effects. And, and um, you know, and, and, and you know, if you've taken the vaccine plus free boosters, you're bound and determined for sure you're going to get monkeypox. And it's like, okay, whatever. Tell me what the thing – please, somebody uh, – anyway, it's never-ending. Next one up. Earth changes. Part of South Africa experience early winter with heavy snowfall. Okay, so again, um, and and there's no end to the bizarre apocalyptic weather patterns that we've been monitoring and discussing regularly for uh, 10 years now plus. Okay, so uh, it's never ending. But, you know, I I just got a communication from... uh, Oh, who is it? Somebody in the middle part of the United States was going like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like 85 and then it's, you know, 42, Uh, you know, and this stuff's been going on for so long. I mean, it's easy to just take it for granted after a while. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The Azov Battalion, Laboratory of Nazism and Hell in the Library. And basically, I don't want to really read this uh, because it's pretty sick. Uh, they hung me up by my legs. They beat me. They did this. They did that. They tore this. Uh, they, you know, yeah, yeah. The stuff that's going on over there is just absolutely horrific. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. General Miley warns West Point graduates of the likelihood of war with Russia and China. That's interesting. Um, and uh, very Jack Van Impey-ish. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Next one up. Society's Child. No quick fix. Severe pilot, shor- p- pilot shortage reduces flights and sends ticket prices soaring. And it's not just that. It's, it's they're, wow. Where do you start? Nurses that are unvaccinated being hungrily begging them to come back to work. Um, same similar dynamics happening in the airline industry. There are other industries where they just plum can't find enough people. That they just can't do. They can't. It's shut down. They can't. Um, it, it, we do not know how bad the supply chain. Supply chain includes humans, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah, it does. So. Again, when you understand that virtually, I won't say every single one, but virtually all aspects, all elements of the supply chain worldwide are horribly and very, very negatively affected. And it takes a while for that tidal wave of impact to ripple itself through all the different industries. And for those of us who understand these dynamics, it's pretty troubling because 
you know, it's it's like you know, it's like you know that there's a gigantic tsunami coming your way, and you can see the water receding out, and you see it coming. According to the Bible, it is going to be horrible. Next one up. Four killed during powerful storms in eastern Canada. Nearly 900,000 homes in Ontario and Quebec provinces were without power as the wind-blown trees killed several Canadians and a lot more. Uh, again, the, the, the catastrophic climate change associated with the approach of Planet X and all this stuff that's going on right now is just absolutely out of control. But it has been. It, and admittedly so, it has been for a long, long time. I, I mean, it's like, but golly gee, look how quick the monkeypox thing rose up. I, I, you know, we we could talk about that for hours. Anyway, next one up. Russia halts electricity supply to another uh, European country. So Lithuania now has been cut off. Uh, it's, and again, uh, it's not it, it, really what it boils down to is many, one of many different dynamics. Sometimes it's because they, they don't want to pay in ruble. Sometimes it's because they don't want to um, upset the World Economic Forum or, or their Western dominators. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a bazillion different. And sometimes they're just like Austria and they're like tough bananas. We're going to go ahead and get all the Russian power we can get. All right, but yeah, it's we don't. I don't think we know the impact of, of what's coming. Really, there's just no way we could possibly predict it. What we can say is the tsunami is a big one and it's heading this way, but we don't know how big and how fast it's going to hit. All right, praise Jesus, hallelujah. Next one up. Congo fever is what they're calling it. Cases are increasing to 96. Death toll now is at 18. If you do the math, that's a pretty high percentage. It is not as bad as Ebola, but it is bad. And it's, it is a hemorrhagic fever precisely, exactly, in, in, in every sense of the word almost, uh, like Ebola. Okay, but they're calling it the Congo fever, as if we need another one. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Ben, uh, Bangladesh floods recede, but millions still marooned. So again, the floods all over the world. All over the world, all over the world. The fires, oh my goodness, wait. You watch. There'll be more fires. Last year's horrible fires, probably double it. Hold on, folks. Hang in there. Next one up. Monkeypox outbreak. World Health Organization working on sexual contact theory, top advisor says. I mean, they're going to spin this so many different directions. You watch. It's just, it just it's never ending. Next one up. Bombshell report. Monkeypox appears to be a lab strain with unknown characteristics. I'm going to repeat that only because... The entities of the darkness are just this sick. Monkeypox appears to be a lab. In other words, in a laboratory, they dorked with it to make it worse. Another headline, Belgium becomes the first country to introduce compulsory monkeypox quarantine. Anyone testing positive must isolate for 21 days uh, as 14 countries now confirm outbreaks and doctors warn of significant rise in the United Kingdom. Another headline. Something weird is happening with the universe, says NASA. Data from the Hubble Space Telescope is highlighted with a discrepancy with regard to the expansion of the cosmos. Basically, all the math and all the things that they've been doing where they, they latch on to certain objects and they watch them in relationship to other objects and they do their you know mathematical calculations that are like way beyond. I can barely bounce my checkbook for crying out loud. And these guys are like, you know, and, and they're saying the universe isn't behaving normal, you know? 
the expansion, all that, the math isn't adding up. Things are getting weird, creepy. Signs in the sun and moon and stars, seas roaring. Hopefully some of them will give their life to Jesus all, all, along, all along their journey. <laughs> Next one up. Russia halts gas supplies to Finland. Ooh, that's a pretty chilly place. I wouldn't want to have, have my – what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Germany, Italy agree to pay for Russian gas in rubles. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They can't do that. That'll upset Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. We can't have that. And Biden might wake out of wake up from one of his, uh, you know, where am I, fogs? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The World Health Organization convenes emergency meeting on monkeypox as cases in Europe reach over 100. The cause is unknown. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Here's a here's a, a claim. Russia. It says that the United States plans to help destroy the Russian fleet, according to a Ukrainian official. Now that could just simply be uh, several crates of anti-ship missiles, but you know, we're, we're certainly. Well, anyway, you go into this. Oh, hallelujah! The list is just United Kingdom bread shortages. Uh, I have had conversations with people over in Europe. They're like bread is through the roof. They can't get, it. they can't afford it. If if they could get it, they couldn't afford it. It's just absolutely, it's it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, so again, all of these reports, all of these, it's, it's electricity power collapse. Lake Mead is less than a day from dropping below ten one thousand fifty feet. Only five of Hoover Dam's 17 turbines will be able to operate below this level. It's going to cause massive power outages. Food shortages, Sri Lanka. Uh, it, it, the list just goes on. I, and it, there really is no end to it. The, the S&P 500 falling into dangerous bear market territory. You might say, well, see, it's, it's the perfect storm. That's the thing that's so important. Every single thing that Jesus told us in the Olivet Discourse, you can literally check. We did this exercise a year ago, and right now, anything that you checked or partially checked in your checkbox list, you might as well just completely, totally check it. We're there. And on that note, now, now, granted, we still might have some time left. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, based upon my hypothesis regarding do not harm the oil or the wine at the end of the third seal, I do believe the barley harvest will be here. You know, the, the first the first watch from Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, 38, Jesus comes back for the second watch and the third watch. Where's the first watch? They're in heaven. Where's Jesus come from? Wedding supper. How do we know? It says so. All right. So as best as I, my estimation would be, since since the end of the third seal says do not harm the oil or the wine, which would be the bride, okay, then that to me that the bride will be here on the earth at least until the end of the third seal. And we also know that the wheat harvest, uh, the, the second watch, isn't going to be until the day of the Lord, which is in the sixth seal. After the three days of darkness. All right. So, you know, you can kind of stitch that stuff together a little bit. But, boy, are we getting close. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on uh, Brother Wayne Fowler. Hopefully we, we got our time zones and everything correct, and he's right there ready for me to bring live. Hallelujah. Here we go. Praise God. Brother Wayne, are you there? 
I am here. I love the sound of the trumpet. I'm ready for it to happen. Oh, I know. Me too. I can't, it, it can't happen soon enough for me, let me tell you. Hey, we're so happy to have you join us. You sound awesome. Uh, and uh, what, what, what time is it over there? I, I'm showing roughly around 10 o'clock in the morning. It's 10 o'clock, yeah, uh, on uh, Monday. And so uh, I'm, I'm actually in your future. <laughs> I know it's like a. I One know it's like we're time traveling through a wormhole here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love to say that when I uh, travel back to the U.S., that I actually arrived before I left. So I, you, you know, it's a, it, it's an amazing thing. When I was in the Navy, they, they, it was like um, we were we. Our ship was told they couldn't come to Australia because uh, we there were nuclear protests at the time, <clears throat> and um, and I guess we were carrying at the at that time, uh, so they said no, sorry, you're not allowed, you can't go there. But what was interesting yeah. is that resulted in our ship kind of like having no place to go. <laughs> Right. So we're like, you know, kind of like doing big circles in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just north of Australia. And I remember they kept on saying, you're crossing the date line. It's Monday. No, it's not. It's Sunday. No, it's not. It's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. No, it's, you know, you're one second you're on the one side and then the next second you're on the other side. And that's just so weird. Too funny. So anyway, uh, I'll, you know, know how we like to do things on the program. It doesn't have to be this way. Nothing's in stone except Moses' tablets. Uh, but, um, you know, what we like to do is treat, you know, the guest, you know, almost like this is a big electronic ecclesia, you know, a big, you know, electronic church of, of, of a type. And, um, you know, and so like I've done my thing. Right. So and now I'll just grab my little folding chair, my virtual folding chair, and I'll slide back behind you, hand you the podium. And then you just go ahead and, as you feel led, share your testimony with folks. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, you know, I heard a rumor. Now, I, I, I don't – things are – sometimes things get discombobulated and disconnected, and, we, and you, you know, we, we don't hear things exactly as we think we did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of communications going on, coordinating guests and things like that. But anyway, all that being said, Sister Nancy – seemed to indicate to me that she had reason to believe that at some point in your walk, the Lord revealed to you that there was going to be more than one rapture event. I call them rescue missions. You can call them. But if that be true, too, the audience would be very, very much interested in you sharing that part of your testimony as well. Uh, That's uh, for obviously – I mean, who wouldn't want to know about something like that? That's like super exciting stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I'll pass the mic to you and kind of okay. disappear in the background. And if you need me, just call me. I'll be right here. But take it well, away. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, and, and that's fine, Johnny. Uh, let me go ahead and give you kind of a preview and let you know that if you if you have any questions, if you if you want uh, some clarification on something, please, because I'm sure that some of the listeners, they're going to have questions too. So think about it and it, just jump right in if you need to. Uh, and uh, well, we're, so, before, then hold on. Since you said that, would you share with people real quick? Uh-huh. Because it's so easy to, we can forget it. And then we're like, ah, doggone it. I wish we had. So let's get it out. You know, let's do it up front. Is there a way 
that the listeners of the program, because this will stay up in podcast form, like in perpetuity. So where people get in touch, is it okay if people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, so I have uh, an email address that's specifically focused on addressing questions that people have. And it's Wayne Fowler, N-D-E, for near-death experience, Wayne Fowler, N-D-E, at gmail.com. And uh, I get uh, a lot of people, and I answer, I pretty much answer every single one that I can. I mean, I've, I've got a regular life just like everyone else. And <laughs> what, what I can actually say is I have another life. Um, but uh, so, yes, if anybody has any questions, they need some clarity or, or something else, on anything that they've heard, it's it's very important now. As I see the the time, Johnny is so short. I'm I mean very 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 short. And uh, for the first gathering to take place, and you were talking about I think just a, a moment ago. Uh, yes, uh, what we're talking about is I call them. A lot of people call them uh, raptures, uh, and, and you're calling it a rescue mission. I call them harvests or gatherings. And, yeah, Harley uh, Wheaton, great, praise God. Yeah, amen. I'm, I'm exactly, amen. exactly. Uh, and and he is going to. Uh, there are people that are associated with each of those, and so let me go ahead. I guess what I'll do is I will kind of uh, give, uh, uh, you know, my testimony that, and where that led me, uh, and how the Lord has, uh, what he has told me, and where he has led me from that point to where we are now, uh, in dealing with those three groups of, of people that are going to be harvested. Um, that, does that sound okay? Did you, did we get all that information? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Praise God. Go for it. All right. Well, Let's start. See, back in uh, 1989, uh, that's when uh, I had what some people call a near-death experience, but I prefer to call it my afterlife experience because, ladies and gentlemen, I was dead. Let me give you some context to understand just where that came from. When I was brought up as I grew up I was not brought up in a Christian family uh, and and I, I was so lost but here was one thing I, I guess it's the one thing that I held on to is that I always believed there was a God and I, I just looked around me Johnny I, I just you look at everything the, the, the expanse of the universe the, Everything that we see, some things look so glorious and wonderful when you stand on a mountaintop and you just look at what has been, you know, splayed out in front of us. And I knew I didn't make it. I knew that there had to be a God that did it. But I didn't know who that God was. One of the things that I always said, though, if if that God, whoever it or he or she or whatever this God that's supposed to have been here did, 
and they and that God reveals himself to me, I'm going to follow that God for the rest of my life. And uh, and that's the the approach that I took, but it took a lot of years. Uh, my wife at the time, uh, her name was Denise. She had been a Christian, and, and she had been away from the Lord for a number of years. And it was during that time that we met. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, we ended up marrying, and, uh, and then ultimately uh, we had uh, children together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when uh, our daughter was just about three years old, uh, and our son was eight at the time. And I was thinking we needed to be able to try to let them have some contact or, uh, you know, uh, some kind of understanding. They needed to, uh, to have this uh, uh, connection with spiritual things. But let them kind of see what that was. Ultimately, what we decided was, or what God put into our spirit to do, was to have them go to a vacation Bible school so they can start seeing that. And then ultimately, uh, when, when we did that, we find out when that happens that this pastor of this church had, wow, shock and surprise, had actually been Denise's choir leader back when she was a young girl and she had uh, been baptized in the Holy Spirit when she was nine years old. And I didn't know that. And I just thought that she thought, wow, you know, small world, right? <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, okay. But uh, we end up uh, starting to communicate with a pastor, uh, pastors coming over, and I'm finding out things that I had never known about before. And, and I'm just really open to what's going on. Well, as it turns out, there's this uh, week-long evangelical uh, revival that's taken place, and the pastor then uh, casually asked me if I would be willing uh, to go to the revival. And he said, knowing the way that you like to know things, the, the deeper things, you're really going to like this guy. I think so. So anyway, uh, at Right up to this time, I'm thinking like, okay, great. So I go to this first thing. Something was moving in me, Johnny. I just didn't know what it was. But I thought, wow, yeah, I, I hadn't realized there's so much more here. This guy is actually explaining things from, uh, from the biblical standpoint. He's, he, he's not just preaching uh, hellfire. Uh, which now let me, I want you to understand, of course, that's necessary. Hell is real, ladies and gentlemen. So if there's any question and I, I will follow up with that, but it, it didn't help me at that particular time. I needed to understand who this Jesus was. I needed to understand, uh, about the, uh, you know, kind of the culture of the time. And, and this guy is explaining all of that and, and explaining the meaning of words from a Greek and a Hebrew perspective, you know, in the Bible. I had never had any of that. And I was just hooked. I was drawn in. I really was. 
And uh, so as these days go on, he keeps asking me, do you want to go to the next day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. And uh, But right up towards the end, I am really liking this. Then my kids get the chicken pox. I end up getting the chicken pox the day before the very last day, which was on Halloween. And, uh, and so uh, my wife comes to me and asks me, well, honey, um, I know you don't believe in the devil. I didn't at that time. I was deep into the new age. Uh, I, I was searching. Uh, I didn't believe everything that went on there, but yeah, I was lost. Uh, but she came to me and she said, honey, I know that you don't believe in the devil, uh, but if you would give me the benefit of the doubt, what if the devil was trying to keep you from going? And and I, I told her, I said, you know what, baby? All right, I, I will give you that benefit of the doubt. What if there is a devil? What if he was trying to keep me from going? And I was, I was really, I'll have to tell you, I was in a bad state. I had had chicken pox when I was a kid, so this just really was bad on me. I was running a 106-degree temperature, uh, but for, therefore, a short period of time. It was still very high at the time. I was covered in these pox. I had gone to the doctor, and he verified that that's what it was. And uh, I, I was just in pain my whole body. It was bad. But I was confused. I, I thought you couldn't get them again. And he said, yeah, well, it's very rare, but uh, it happens. And, uh, and so, but anyway, we go back and I'm thinking like, my first thoughts are when I'm talking to Denise about it, I'm saying, you know, I still have to be cognizant of there are people I, you know, I have this disease, so I don't want to give it to somebody else. But I don't want to keep that. I don't want to let it keep me from going. And, uh, and so that's what I did. I ended up uh, crafting this plan whereby I was going to be covered up with this hoodie. You know, it's in, it's in late October, so it wasn't, it wasn't that far afield. Let everybody get into the church first. And, and, uh, and then I would, try to have her go in and find a place in the back. And, uh, and then I would go in after the service started and, you know, the, I could hear the singing going on from the worship service. And so that's the way it went. So we ended up going. While I was at that service, uh, we carried out that plan just like clockwork. And, uh, and we ended up getting this little bitty cue. Now, I had, did not know that they had these things for ushers. And it was a tiny little cue, big enough for just two people at the back of the church, for Denise and myself. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. And we get in there, and uh, I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You know, hey, all right. And then there's the song, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it still gets to me every time I think about this. 
Our God is an awesome God, and it's plain. And something, something just moved in me. And I, the words are up on the screen, and 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 it was, it was so awesome. I, I'm just hearing this, and I'm starting to sing the words out, and my hands are up, and I'm, I'm just singing as loud as I can. There's something going on, and I noticed that my wife, out out of the side of you know uh, how you notice when somebody's looking at you. And I look over at her, and her mouth is just wide open and agape, and she's staring at me. And, and, and I stop, and I look at her, and I say, baby, what's wrong? And she just says to me, you need to go to the bathroom. And I just looked at her, and I said, no, I don't. And she shakes her head up and down, and she says, yes, you do. You need to go to the bathroom right now. And I said, okay. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm confused. I, I'm not knowing. I'm thinking, did, did somebody see me? Because, like I said, I'm covered in these pox, and I'm just, I, I didn't want to scare people. I, I mean, I looked really bad. So I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe that's what happened. And so I end up going around the back, going out and going into the bathroom. And what happens then is I find out I'm looking in the mirror, trying to figure out, and I'm speaking to myself saying, what happened? And I, I, I don't get it. What, it. what is the problem? And I'm looking in the mirror and I realize that I take down the hood and I'm thinking my eyes are playing tricks on me. All the pox are gone. Everything is gone. Everything is gone. And I I undo my shirt. I'm looking at my chest. I I roll up my sleeves. Everything is gone. And I am just in shock. I'm thinking like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. And so I take off that jacket. I am just chest out, just like a big cock hen, you know, know, a chicken that comes out there, and I'm just prancing in there, and she is looking at me coming in, and and I say, I've been healed, and she's just shaking her head up and down, saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and with this huge smile on her face, I knew, Johnny, from that moment, nothing was going to be the same. There was something that was going to happen to me, and and it was happening tonight. And so from that moment, the this the message, everything, it was it was so different. It was so deep down inside of me. And so at the end of the service, there's an altar call made. And I am the first one all the way from the back of the church. And this is a church that holds about 1,500 people. All the way from the back of the church, I was the first one down to the platform. I ran at breakneck speed. I didn't wait for them to get it all out. And so I end up, of course, with uh, my wife showing up there uh, uh, after that a couple of minutes later. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And then... Once I end up getting it off of myself, because nothing happens initially, 
But then I say to myself, well, nothing may be happening right now, but maybe I can pray for Denise. And I, I saw that something was happening, something I had never seen before. And so I put my hands on her and I started to pray for her. Now, I didn't know how to pray, really, but I'm saying, God, this may not be for me now, but will you touch her? And that moment, when I did that, suddenly I was filled with all I can call is the electrocution of love. And I, from, from my hands, it just filled up my whole body and until it was pouring out of me and my hands flew up and I, there was this language coming out of me. I, I was just focused on God and I, I was just suddenly taken away. It was like there was this, everything in front of me started to I started to be just engulfed in this all I call, can call it is like a pink mist it completely covered me out and took me out <clears throat> and I was in the presence of God at that time and he was just covering me with waves of love that were just crashing over me just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And what ultimately happened is then uh, that uh, after what I thought was just a few minutes, I feel this pat on my chest. I feel my body shaking, and I'm not sure what it was, but I, I, I felt, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to leave from this place. And, uh, but it was incessant and I end up having to, you know, to feel like I'm coming backwards, uh, out of wherever I was. And I, I try to open my eyes and wow, my face is covered in tears. I'm standing up. I'm trying to squint because the light just was so bright in my eyes and I'm looking around and I see the pastor. He's patting my chest. He's got his arm around me. Right behind him is his wife. And then to my left is my wife. Everyone else is gone. That's, we're, we're the only ones in the church. And so my first words are, where is everybody? And the pastor says to me, son, everybody left about four hours ago. And I just said, what? Uh, I, it seemed like just minutes for me. And, uh, and so, of course, the pastor's wife, she's just sobbing right behind him. And my wife, same thing. They are just crying. And so the pastor's wife says to me, Wayne, you have had such an amazing experience. So amazing. But you have to be careful now. And every time I'm still, these waves would still crash over me and my hands would fly up and I would praise God. I just couldn't, I couldn't stop it. I didn't want to stop it. 
uh, and uh, and and so I said, okay. I didn't know what she meant, but I found out a week later when I had a heart attack and died, and then I met God face to face. So let me let me tell you. That's a huge lead-in, I understand, folks, but that's here I am, brand new Christian, hadn't done, didn't know anything, nothing except that I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, had repented of my sin, and accepted him, and how amazing that I was obedient to his call, and, and he healed me, and that's what happened. So the next week, everything, so, it, and that was on Halloween night, like I said. So that night, the devil lost another one. So the next seven, uh, the next six days, everything was great. I was, I was on cloud nine, as they say, and, uh, and everything was just awesome, wonderful. And now, this was right before my 27th birthday at the time, so that you can understand. So... Uh, um, but on the seventh day, I woke up and I was feeling bad. All of a sudden, I felt fluish. I, I didn't know what was going on. And, and it got worse throughout the day. I was having trouble breathing. Uh, I, I felt, I started getting into this cold sweat and everything. And early that evening, it was so bad by that point that I told my wife I needed to be able to uh, to go lay down. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I said, baby, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn in early. And she tells me, well, honey, I'll, I'll be in there in a minute. And I said, you don't have to. And she said, no, no, I want to. And I said, okay, but I'll just go ahead and come in when you want to. I went in and got ready for bed, and I got in bed, and I was just tossing and turning and just in a, just not doing well at all. And the, the inability to be able to breathe was just getting worse and worse. Well, she ends up coming in, and uh, she lies down uh, beside me, and she ends up falling asleep, I, which super fast. She was just always able to do that. I was always so jealous, especially now because I, I was just in such a state. Well, she has rolled over, and I think it was because I am in so uncomfortable and not being able to be still or anything else. And ultimately, I, I, I decide that, you know, because now what's happening is this pain starts radiating down my arm, and, and it's pulsing. And like with my heartbeat, which seems to be getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And so I lay on my back and I'm thinking like, my goodness, I try to stretch myself up so that I can try to get some more air in. And it's the only way that I can try to do that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, completely, I was just blindsided by this pain in my chest that was just like an elephant came in and stomped in the middle of my chest. And I just, it caught me by surprise and it was so painful that it just caused me to come up just like just a few inches off of the bed. I, I, I 
tried to call out to Denise, but I couldn't. This, the pain was so bad. The words were actually stuck in my throat. I couldn't move. I was like stuck here, like I was pinned down. And, and it was so painful that what I, 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 I just, I'm thinking to myself, and in my mind, I'm, I'm going like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so in that moment, all I can do is think in my mind to call out to God. And, and I said, God, help me. If, if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Make this pain go away. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in that moment, Johnny, just like just a couple of seconds afterwards, then all the pain went away. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, amazing. Oh, thank you. And my first thought after that was, God was listening to me. He heard me. And he's taken that pain away. And so I'm trying to, you know, take stock of what's going on. And, you know, I was thinking like, okay, like I don't, I don't feel the, the pain radiating down my arms anymore. And, and, of course, my eyes were closed at this time. They were just clenched shut because of the pain as I was experiencing it earlier. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I feel kind of good. And then I thought to open my eyes, and when I did, I realized I wasn't in bed anymore. I was actually standing beside my bed, looking down at my body, and, and, and I'm thinking, like I can see Denise, she's still there asleep, and I can see this, and I know it's me, I can see it's me. And, and, and the hand is still clenched to, you know, my clothes there on my chest. And a, a mouth is open. Gay. It, it, it looked like some, to me, like some guy from a horror movie, you know, some kind of tortured soul. And I was thinking to myself, I'm dead. And it was very matter of fact. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, and I don't look that good either. <laughs> so, uh, and and I didn't. Uh, but I wasn't I wasn't concerned or or anything like that. It was it was more matter of fact, but in kind of the you know way that I would normally think of things. But then I started to look around and see things, and and all of my senses and everything were super heightened, super like superhuman versus what we have on earth. Now, I didn't stop to think about anything like that, but I could look. So it was, you know, it was night and everything is dark in this room, but I can see perfectly. And not only that, I can see pinpoint perfectly. So I'm looking around and trying to take stock of all this. And uh, then I hear this voice behind me. And this voice just says, Wayne. And I thought, is somebody calling me? And then I hear it again, Wayne. And I recognize it's coming from behind me. So I turn around and there's this wall that's beside the bed. And, and so I'm looking out at it in which I can see through the plate glass window. There's this person out on the 
curved. It's a woman. And she's sitting out there in what looks like this cone of light, like there's a spotlight that's shining down from on top of her. Well, what was interesting about the whole thing is not only that, I can actually see through the wall as well. So I can see everything. I can see through it. And, uh, and, so, and then there's this recognition. Wait a minute. I know, I know this person. I didn't know why. I just had this recognition that suddenly was inside of me that this woman's name was Linda. I didn't know a Linda or anything like that. And so it, it, it kind of confused me, but I was, I was pleased to see her. So I walk out to her walking right through the wall, just like it was normal. And I walk out to her and she's still sitting on this curb, like I said, with this light cone around her. And she looks up at me and says, Wayne, there's someone that wants to meet you. And I say, who? And she looks up, and I just just <laughs> following in turn, and I go, what is she looking at? And so I look up, too. And what I see is this pinpoint of light in this dark sky. I don't see any other stars or anything like that. I just see this one pinpoint of light that seems like so far away. And as soon as I think, well, it's a star. And as soon as I do that, I feel these huge hands that grab me around my midsection and start to lift me up off of the ground. Well, it, ca it caught me by surprise, but because, well, I didn't expect it. I didn't see these hands. I could feel them. And, uh, and they were huge. They took out my whole midsection. But they lifted me up, and it was very comforting and warm. It, it wasn't like some, you know, like some horrible thing that happened. It was actually quite nice and comforting, just like uh, picking up a, your, your child, you know, and lifting it up. And that's what I thought. That's the feeling I had at the time. But because it surprised me, I throw out my hands to try to brace myself. And, uh, uh, of course, there's nothing there to brace myself on. And I'm watching Linda go down. She's watching me go up. And I notice several things about myself. Uh, I, I can see my hands, and I notice that there's light coming out of me. And uh, it's this purplish-bluish light. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> so, you know, everything was cool at this point. So... Uh, and so I'm, I'm just turning my attention after I make these observations, I look up and I'm going up and I go through the clouds and I can see, you know, the, 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 the earth as it starts to go farther and farther away from me. And then, then you can see out into space. And as I go out into space and, and, and then I'm, I'm passing the moon and, and those kinds of things and other, the other planets in our solar system. And, and then I notice that there's an opening that appears right in front of me. Well, when I say in front of me, I'm looking up, so it appears right above me. And it's like this inverted funnel that opens up, and, uh, and I'm headed right into it. 
Well, as I go in to this funnel, which is, you know, it goes in and it makes this tunnel shape that's about like, I guess, uh, like about 100 feet uh, across in diameter. That's just kind of a guess. Uh, and I go up into it feeling this awesome, cool breeze that just feels like it's going not just on my face and body, but going through me. And it was so nice. And then I notice as I'm going through there that this, all of the, the circumference completely surrounding this uh, circumference are angels. Now, I, I've never seen an angel before. Um, I didn't even know about angels. Remember, I had only been saved for a week, so I knew I knew enough to, to be able to be saved and receive the Spirit, but I knew nothing else. Um, I hadn't read the Bible or anything, so I didn't know. But I knew that these were angels. And, you know, look, they had wings, and but they were all shoulder to shoulder. All their wings were closed behind them. And, and they, but they were completely encircling this tunnel. And I could tell that they were excited to see me. And they were excited to be a part of like this procession to lead me, which I didn't know where, but they, they were kind of lining this entire tunnel. And I was going through and going through fast and fast and fast. And then ultimately, as I'm going closer and closer towards this light, which then as I come out the end of this other funnel that's in this other realm, and it's a realm of light. And I can see, of course, this, this light that's in front of me. It's like, seriously, I say it's brighter than 10,000 suns. It, that's, that's truly it. And I'm headed towards it. It still looks like a star to me, but it has a boundary to it. I don't, I don't know how, but you can separate it. You can see that it's like by itself, even though I'm in this realm of, of awesomely beautiful white light, that the, the light from this star in front of me is different. It's separate. You can see it. And it's so, it, it, it is a white that doesn't exist here on earth. Uh, none of the colors and anything there exist here. It is so far and above what we can imagine here on earth. We say white as snow because that's, that's the closest we can get. But this light, pure beyond words, it was a light 10,000 times greater in purity, and it was alive. It was a living light that as I go in, I see down inside of the light, and then I notice the form of a man inside this light. And I'm awestruck, and I realize that the light, this man, you can't make out anything yet because it, it's, it's so bright with this white light, but you can make out the shape. And it's a man with his arms outstretched like he's reaching out to hug me. And uh, at that point, I enter this light. Remember, it's like it has this boundary. And at the same time I enter this light, 
the light enters me. It's like this combined thing. I'm in the light, light enters me, and it starts filling me up with the love of God. And there are several things that happen. <clears throat> I know then I have this perfect knowledge when this happens that this is God. This is, this is Jesus. I, I have this word that comes to me. This is the way, the truth, and the life. And I didn't even know that was a scripture, but I knew that was the truth. And, and, and I am filled with this rapturous, joyous, ecstatic love that's a billion times greater than we can even experience on earth. And I felt like I was going to explode from it. It was just so massive. Well, as soon as I feel that, it start, I, I can notice that it starts to you know, kind of go down a little bit. And I yell out, no, no, don't stop. Give me all you got. And, uh, and so I hear Jesus chuckle. He thought that was, that was so cute. And he starts filling me again as, with as much as I can take. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I am I, I'm just beyond belief. I, I'm filled with all of this knowledge because I'm asking questions like crazy. And, and ultimately, the big important thing is I realize, and I have to tell you this, Johnny, because this is the big pinnacle of this whole thing is that even though that I'm there, the Father is there, they're together, all of that, but this is the thing. When I ask Jesus, wait a minute, all of this stuff about you, it's all true. And that means the cross is true? And in that moment, when I said that, I am actually transported through time to that point, and I'm placed at the foot of the cross where he is being uh, crucified. And I'm just, you know, flabbergasted, but I'm just in so much awe of this. And as I'm watching him, and he's, he's so, it's horrible. He was so tortured, and he, he wasn't this pristine-looking person like you can see on some crucifixes or something. This guy was tortured. He was beat badly. He was a bloody mess. And and this, as I'm looking at him, I can feel and he, I can hear his thoughts. I can hear his thoughts. And it's, I'm sorry, because this gets me. Oh, you can't go through this. I can't relive this without this because it's like the reliving every single, it's pristine every single time. So you have to forgive me this because it still breaks me into pieces. But I knew as I'm standing there, the truth comes to me that if I was the only person in all of creation out of any human that has been born or ever will be born, that if I was the only one who said yes to him, he, 
he would have gone to this cross and suffered like I'm watching him suffer right now. He would have done that just for me. And this, I was just broken. I was so broken. It wasn't just that I heard it. It's because I knew it was true. It's true. He has that feeling. This is God. And he can do that with each and every one of us. He wants that personal relationship with each one of us so badly that he is willing, he was willing to do it for each and every one of us personally. And there's there's more, like I said, I, there's there's so much more, but our, our time is short and I want to be able to to cover more. But I I asked so many questions. I was filled with libraries filled with answers. And I loved this this place I was in. It felt like home to me. And I asked, I asked if I could stay. And I was told very lovingly, but very firmly, no way. And I knew, but geez, the voice of the Father was so powerful. It was, my goodness, it, it could just, it could crush mountains just from the slightest whisper. He, it was so amazingly powerful, but so loving at the same time. It's so hard to say, but I know that I knew that that was the case, that I had to go back. And I went all the way back. And when I, I came back just like I did, and I ended up being slammed into my body so hard that what happened was my physical body is actually catapulted in like a rebound effect is the only way I can explain it. Catapulted over the end of our bed out into the middle of the floor where I land face down, bam, onto the, onto the floor. And it's that sound and everything that wakes up my wife. I, I've had people, and it, I, I thought it was the case that it said before, he's going like, you know, uh, maybe that's what the Lord was doing to restart your heart. And I thought, yeah, maybe a little holy CPR, you know. Uh, maybe. It, 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 it's, it's clever, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, uh, so I then, of course, was... It just in a hard place, and I wasn't able to speak yet, and so I had to turn around and crawl to my wife, who was tr calling out for me. She was looking for me, and she couldn't see me. Well, I I kind of scared her. All I scared her badly, but I didn't know any other way to do it. I needed to catch her attention, so I reached up to grab her foot at the end of the bed. <clears throat> And when I did, she lets out a fright. Of course, it, it, it did catch her. And I tried to uh, just be able to say with everything that I could, I just pushed it out. I just met God. And her eyes get as big as dinner plates. And she says, what? And I just say it again and then collapse because there's no strength left in me. 
And uh, I spent uh, the rest of the evening, and of course, I told her the, the whole story of what just happened. She was the first person to hear it. And Johnny, that was the first person in a long line because I have not stopped telling people since. And here, before we get to this end, because this is what I want to tell you, one of the things that he sent me back with. Now, I couldn't come back with all of this knowledge. He wouldn't let me do it. Uh, personally, I think in the biggest scheme of things, it's not that he kept me from it. It's that physically I couldn't contain it all. It was just not possible. But the biggest important thing was the understanding that there was coming a rapture, that there was coming a rapture for his bride, and that was going to happen before a period of time that was coming on this earth. Well, I didn't know what any of that meant, but it got me into the word, which I was told was perfectly true. The word of God is true. That, that everything written about it, everything in it, everything is about him. All of the answers to the questions that you have ultimately are Jesus. He's the answer to all of the questions. And, uh, and so I started to read the Bible just voraciously, and I could see from Genesis on through where these things were that he was talking about. And ultimately, as we have come to today, then I understand that there are three groupings of people and they coincide with the three harvests of barley, wheat, and grapes. And the barley harvest happens before this tribulation starts. And the wheat harvest is for a left behind church, which is Oh, no, he just dropped that at the worst possible time. I hope he calls right back. Um, praise God. I'm hoping I'm hoping, 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 watching the thing here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Calling in from Australia. <laughs> He's got to redial the number with his Skype dialer. Praise God. Uh, right, 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 right. When he's getting to, the, like, the, one of the most incredible parts. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I know he's going to call back, so I'm just going to wait here and watch the, the console. All right, praise God, and let me go ahead and mute this real quick. He'll call back, he'll call back. <clears throat> so anyway, so did you hear that? Barley, wheat, and grape harvest. Talk about, like, hitting the ball out of the park. <laughs> it almost sounds like him and I got together and started sharing notes before the program, but um, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I would have put um, this information into the title of the show if I was absolutely positive. Oh, there he is. There he is. Hold on a second. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. All right. Okay. So you were just talking about the barley, wheat, and grape harvest. You said, and you were, you were in, and, and, and your, your thing dropped, your connection dropped yeah. right when you were talking about wheat. You were just, you were beginning to talk about the wheat and that they had been left, you know, kind of like behind for a little while anyway, but you didn't, expand on it at all that's where that's when your phone line just yeah. went point and cut off okay well let me just uh say that what's going to happen with the uh and you got plenty harvest. of time by the way I, I i'm sorry to interrupt but i 
wanted to let you know that we have another full half hour if you want to take it. It's up to you. But I just didn't want you to feel like you had to like, oh, my gosh, i got to hurry, hurry. You know, you, you don't. We have a uh, – we have like an overtime period of 30 minutes that we go it that, that, you know, if, if someone feels led to share more. So anyway, I'm quiet. Go for it. Okay. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, and, and, and thank you. Let's see. I want to, uh, I want to be able to say that what happens is the, the feasts coincide and in simple terms, there is a harvest of barley and those are the, that's the bride of Christ, and and that is going to happen. And I am really looking forward. So there's there's they coincide with the appointed times with these feast days, and there's three of them, right? There's three times where it says that every man is to present himself to God, and that is. You know, uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread uh, and uh, the Feast of Harvest and, of course, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, we can talk about, you know, the difference in the names and those types of things. But effectively, the wheat harvest are for the wheat, which is, you know, you know it's easy to say it, the hard-headed folks, right? The ones who, the ones who are not easily, uh, you know, that that are not going to do anything until the tribulation is taken over them, until the tribulum goes over them and, uh, and separates the wheat from the chaff. So what's going to happen in the wheat harvest, and uh, that what is going to lead to, so there is a harvest. Every harvest contains three parts. There is the first fruits, there is the main part of that harvest, and then there's the gleanings, right? The four corners, if you, if you look, uh, uh, then you're going to see that the four corners are left, and, and they're, they're called the gleanings. And then that, that's uh, kind of like for the widows and the orphans and the foreigner, that sort of thing. But the point that I'm trying to make is with each harvest, there is a harvest, right? And one of the things I find very interesting is that when you look at what's going to happen in, in the steps, we have a barley harvest, and barley is looked at so closely, right? We've got Jesus. He's the first fruit, certainly. But then there's a harvest, folks, and that harvest is specifically focused on us that goes on all the way until the first fruits of the wheat harvest. There is that harvest. And um, then the wheat harvest, of course, that's going to, to start taking place. And I think that the uh, wheat harvest, that's going to be at the start of the tribulation. And uh, so the first fruits of that, and this is what I think that the Lord has, has revealed to me. So you've got two loaves that are presented, and, uh, and uh, they're with leaven, they're baked. That means they've gone through the fire, that sort of thing. But what, what I tend to think, and you've got some people that talk about it being the, the, uh, the left-behind church or uh, you know, the, the church and Israel, for those people that believe that we go through the tribulation, 
um, then what, what I see, though, is that we have still two groups. We're going to have a, a huge harvest of people that are, were in the church, were professing as a church, or they're going to be evangelized. But then there's also 144,000 Jewish uh, folks that are going to be sealed after this uh, first harvest uh, is completed and, and taken out, the bride is taken out. At the end, is there going to be a harvest of all of these people? Yes. And uh, I think that that's what we call the mid-tribulation uh, rapture or gathering. Uh, ultimately, I would say that usually what you have is for all of those folks that try to hold on to a single position, well, I'm pre-tribulational. No, 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 it's mid-tribulational. Or those folks, no, we've got to go through it all. You know, I'm post-tribulational. There's all of this. Well, I like to say, guys, why do you assume that there's just one? You're all right. The reason why you can find scriptures to support each of these positions is because they're all right. And uh, so there is a harvest that is pre-tribulational. There is a harvest that is mid-tribulational. And I think that one of the things that we can see that coincide with that is the uh, two witnesses. So there's, they're going to be sealed uh, right before the seals are opened. And so those 144,000 Jewish evangelists are going out there proclaiming Jesus. There's going to be the greatest harvest of souls that's going to happen at that time. But we know that those tribulation saints, as they're typically termed, they're going to die for their faith. Uh, and I think that, uh, that we get the idea. So we've got the 144,000, and we've got the two witnesses, and we've got all the tribulation saints, both uh, Gentile and Jew. That's all going to happen there at the mid-tribulation. But that's not all. Uh, so again, how do we know that? So we've got the two witnesses. They're, they're killed, and it says their bodies lie in the streets three and a half days. And then the, uh, we hear the voice of God. Uh, they come up on their feet, and uh, this voice from heaven says, come up here. And that's when they go up, and everybody sees them go up. So that's, that's what happens at the mid-tribulation point. But that's not the last one. Then we've got the grape harvest. Uh, I think in Revelation chapter 14, what does it talk about after the second woe, the yep, seven trumpets sounded? Yep. And, uh, right. yeah. and so then what happens is uh, then we have an angel that's going to proclaim the gospel forever or the kingdom forever. And uh, one of the interesting things is, is that it says that blessed are those that die in the Lord from this day forward. So there's another group that's still going to be uh, saved from that group. And, uh, and so that's what I'm saying. That's from the grape harvest. But we know those are, that's what we call the grapes of wrath. That's going to be the worst part of everything. Ultimately, what, what do we see? So there is a grape harvest. 
That is completely different. One of the interesting things is we have the the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. That those are grains. Both of those grains are used to make bread. And it's the bread that feeds people. It's Jesus said, I am the bread from heaven. And that's that's what we want to do. We want to eat the bread from heaven. We want to belong to him. And uh, and so anyway, that's that's ultimately what we've got. And so what I'm looking at, uh, I I do not have a problem. I want to say this, Johnny. I do not have a problem with anyone that is actually setting dates. And let me explain what I mean by that. In, uh, what is it, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, I believe. That's when he says, go your way, Daniel. You know, the book is sealed up until the time of the end. It says that many will go to and fro and knowledge will be increased. Well, when you read that through the amplified version, it's knowledge as they will go to and fro through the scroll. They're going to go through God's word, trying to find out these things, because at the end, that's going to be opened up. So what do we have here? We also have another uh, with a proverb that it's, uh, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, and it's the honor of kings to seek a thing out, right? And, and that, I think, is what we're doing. This is that time. And, and so as we learn more and more, as we get closer and closer, we can see that this is the time. This is the time. And I, I would encourage all of your listeners, everybody that's listening to this, desire to be part of the barley harvest because we're coming up on the, uh, you know, Shavuot. That's the counting. That's the harvest of the barley. Right? That's the that's all that happens right up to the very end and then the first fruits of the wheat harvest. That's where that coinciding takes place. And uh and I think that you know we have the scripture that also says there in Luke that pray always to count yourselves worthy, uh, that you are counted worthy to escape. All of these things are going to come on the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. And, and that's what I'm saying. Guys, let's do that. Let's do that. Desire this because there is so much more. There is nothing that on this earth that's worth staying for. Nothing. Nothing. No person, no, no relationship, no material thing, nothing here. Let go of all of that. Let go of it all. And uh, you know, remember Lot's wife, right? She turned back and was turned into a pillar of salt. Be ready to give up everything. And let me tell you, that's, that's what I did. I'm here in Australia. Why? Because the Lord told me. He said, Wayne, I want you to come out of her, my people. That's the way he, he explained it to me. And he took me all the way, as far away from the U.S. as I could get, the other side of the world, 
And here is what he has been doing with me now. And what he's saying is that I, I want you to be willing, and he told me this as well, I want you to get rid of everything. And, and I thought, everything? Everything. So I had to sell everything. But wow, what an exchange, right? I sell everything. And that doesn't mean that I don't have anything now. That's not the point. The point is he didn't want me to have to be wrapped up in anything on this world because he's coming for a bride that's looking for him. And that's what I would encourage you, everyone that's listening, give your heart to him. Call out to him. Be ready to go with him because it could happen. Really, I really believe that it could happen no later, no later than the 15th of June. The 153 fish, Johnny, 153 fish. If, if you know what that is, that's what I'm trying to say. The 15th day of the third month, and that is what is June 15th this, this year. And I, I, I'm really thinking this could be it. So give me oh, okay. a thank so, you. So, for- so you're hoping on the uh, – you're actually um, looking at this – this this year is is what your hope i mean i don't blame you i've yeah. been open yeah. i've been open you know yeah if you'd heard me back in 2011 i was like I, I the whole reason i started the radio show was because i thought that we were going to leave any moment now and i i, I couldn't yeah. get the information out on the website fast enough so i started doing the program but yeah mm-hmm. no so you're excited about this year praise god that's that is exciting and um when is the counting of the omer the county, count, it says uh, the county of the Omer starts in 2022. Omers are sheaves of barley. Um, yep. Let's see yep. here. 2022 began in the evening of April 16th, and it says it ends in the evening of June the 4th. So that would indicate then, would it not, that Shavuot is around June the 4th, huh? Well, and that would be if you go by the, uh, what is it, like the Kabod calendar, uh, which I, I am of the firm belief that it's not in alignment with anyone else. But even if it is, even if it is, that could happen. Uh, one of the things that they talk about, I, I think is very interesting that I have looked at recently. So we have the, uh, the, the, the blood moon that happened on May the 14th. And so there were a lot of people that were saying that that is the Passover. Then you've got then those that are saying then that, uh, that well, actually it's a month off. It should be June the 15th for the second Passover. Well, I'm thinking like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if, if you do, if you look at it from that standpoint, because this is the one year where those calendars align that from the uh, spotting of the new moon that is for the starting of the year, that's where it actually comes from. But having said that, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if you were looking at, uh, May 14th as being the actual Passover, 
then you would look, uh, or, or excuse me, June, uh, June 15th being the actual Passover or the second Passover, or if you look at it as being the, uh, from the counting of the weeks, from the very first one as being the 15th day of the third month for Shavuot. All of that is pointing to the same date, uh, June 15th on the, you know, the Roman calendar. Um, I'm, I'm not dogmatic about it. What I am dogmatic about is that God says, I think, that clearly, we can know not only the day and the hour. He's told us the day and the hour. How can I say that? My goodness, that's a broad statement, Wayne. That's very, because in Matthew 24, he says, no man can know the day or the hour. Well, that, let me just go ahead and give a couple of witnesses real quick. Well, we know that there's a long period of time, but as we get closer to a judgment, he always tells us. Let's go back to, for example, in Genesis chapter 6, right? We have an ark that's being built because judgment is going to come and he's going to bring a flood. And so for 120 years, well, nobody knew. But uh, he finishes the ark, and in Genesis chapter 7, verse 4, he said, uh, verses 1 through 4, he tells everybody to come into the ark, bring all these animals into the ark. For in yet seven days, I'm going to bring the flood on the earth. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, that's telling us exactly the day. Now, he may not have told the hour in that moment, but he definitely said in that day, that's in seven days, this is going to happen. So they all go in and God closes them up in the ark. And then seven days later, then that's when the flood comes. Uh, we can go to Second Kings chapter 2. And if we want to like a rapture, type of scenario, then that's where we have uh, Elijah and Elisha there together. And Elijah, of course, is ultimately raptured up into heaven, right? Well, they're, they're in between Gilgal and Bethel. And they're, that's like, if I remember correctly, that's like around, uh, around like 75 miles uh, distance between the two. Uh, and, uh, and so they're going between the two. Well, there's nothing mentioned, right? So we don't, uh, we assume that that takes several days for them to travel. So there's no problem. But then as we start going through several, uh, several instances, we know it, it says, then you've got the, the, the groups of the prophets, sons of the prophets, and they're saying, don't you know that your master will be taken from you when? Today. So did they know the day? Yes. And did it happen on that day? Yes. So, and they say that several times. Uh, and so not only did the, the others know, but of course, Elijah knew, Elisha knew, and, uh, and, and they were, he was able to watch him ascend up into the uh, to the chariot in the whirlwind, and there's a just a whole host of others. Uh, all of the judgments in Egypt. How many times did uh, uh, God tell Moses 
tomorrow I'm going to have this particular judgment that's going to take place, you know, on Egypt. Well, did he know when that judgment was going to take place? Yes. Uh, so it was going to be that day. Here's my point. If, if no man could know the day or the hour, and I've just shown a number of different examples that they knew exactly the day, then maybe the fact that no man knows the day or the hour may not mean what people are trying to make it mean. And, uh, and so what I'm trying to say is that that is just wedding language. When you understand that the whole book, that whole book, the Bible, a love letter to the bride is, oh, my goodness, Jesus, he loves each of us so desperately, so desperately that he died for each of us. And what do we know? In Amos uh, chapter 3, verse 7, surely the Lord will not do anything except he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Well, nothing. How, how much of nothing is something? No, it means that he reveals everything, everything. And so we know that that's going to take place. We're going to know. And so am I happy that there are people that, that have you know, you can point to them and you say, well, this person said that it was going to happen on this date, and that person said it would happen on that date. No, I don't. Every, as we do this over and over, we've come closer and closer. Knowledge has been increased. We increase that knowledge until we get to the point that we're going to, we're going to get it right. He's going to show us, and I think that, I think that he has. I think that he has. Um, and, uh, and so I'm just encouraging everyone, uh, you, you know, looking for the Lord or knowing what date that's going to be does not in any way encourage people to say, like, Whoo, okay, well, I know that's going to happen on this date or that date, so therefore I'm not going to do anything. I, I think that's a silly argument personally. I said, because those that are looking for him, it's such a glorious knowing. It's a glorious knowing. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's when it's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to look at him. And just like you, Johnny, I, was, I had my death experience in 1989. And I have not stopped since that day knowing that he's coming. And so here... 33 years later, interesting, right? That we're at that point. We're at that point, and I know it's going to happen. Um, so it's there are going to be those people that are part of the barley harvest. And there are those people. Now here's another thing. Uh, and, and let me just say this as an aside because I'm going to get this in. Uh, it's also because, because the rapture raptures, the gatherings, the harvest, uh, the, the barley harvest is not a salvation issue, right? We know that 
there's uh, an argument that's made that, you know, well, that's not what qualifies you because I'm saying that not all people that are believers will necessarily be in the pre-tribulational rapture. And then, oh, wow, then hair goes on fire. How can I say that? Because you're going to be where the Lord reveals you to be. I remember I've spoken to a number of folks that actually believe there's going to be a pre-tribulational rapture, right? No question. But they don't want to be part of it. Or they believe in, in, in their blood-washed uh, members of the body. But they don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. They believe they're going to go through it. And, and so the question then is, why would, like, how can you say the, the, the rapture is not based on, uh, on belief? And I'm thinking like, guys, think about it a moment. What, what promise in the Bible, what, name one that it doesn't that you don't have to have faith in to receive name one you can't because they're all of the promises of god are received by faith well then the question is then what can you say about uh what why do you you know that the rapture is not based on faith and uh, but i'm i'm forced to look at hebrews 11 verse 6 which says by faith, Enoch was translated that he might not see death, for he had this uh, testimony that he pleased God. And then it goes on to say in the next verse, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That, so how did Enoch get raptured? By faith. He believed in it. Right? And he received that. So by faith. And so that's what I'm saying. If you, by faith, are not believing, if you only by faith believe in a mid-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture, then I'm saying that the Lord is not going to force you into something else. He doesn't force us to receive him at all for anything, including salvation. It has to be by faith. And that's what I would say from that. Praise God. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I always am incredibly blessed, uh, and I think others are too, when we receive confirmations from the Lord um, uh, over time. You know, sometimes we get confirmations right away. Sometimes it's years go by. Um, but um, your understanding of the, of the three uh, rescue missions or whatever you want to call them, and the reason why I like the term rescue mission is because Essentially, at the end of the day, that's exactly what's happening. Um, but um, yeah, and, and you can look at, you can look at the actual Hebrew in uh, at you know uh, in uh, Daniel twelve, and it's fascinating if you look it, it, where it uh, where it basically says uh, and they and they will be delivered. You look at the Hebrew and it says a slippery escape, which I just think is awesome but um fascinating fascinatingly i will toss this over the wall to you um because uh so so what's interesting is a past pastor sorry park 
from South Korea was taken to heaven, met Jesus, and asked him about the rapture. Now, um, now one thing that seems to be consistent with the testimonies of so many people that have had the opportunity to stand before Jesus, either via a and you know near death experience or a death experience or whatever the case is. One of the things that's consistent is it seems like Jesus isn't going to tell you anything unless you ask him. Okay, so you got to like, and if you do ask him, he will tell you stuff. Um, he might not tell you every little thing, but he'll he'll tell you pretty much answer your question. So anyway, Pastor Story Park asked him about, and of course the way he worded it was the rapture. Um, Jesus, of course, at that point focused on the barley harvest, which would be the first event. Um, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, 38, we call them watches, first watch, second watch, third watch. Um, the um, But my point is, Story Park, when he talked to Jesus, Jesus said, Yes, he goes, um, when when the people are taken, NASA will come on the televisions worldwide and tell the people of the world that they were taken by the aliens. Yeah. By the way, that, I, I, that, that, that was about 25 years ago that that event happened where Sorry, Pastor Sorry Park was mm-hmm. talking to Jesus. So that was quite some time ago. Now, what's fascinating, yeah. what's very fascinating, though, is – what I do is I, I look at all I st- I have been studying for many years and and the listeners the regular listeners of the show you know know this because I you know talk about it continuously because you have to, that's part of the analysis when you when you so part of my walk has been studying prophecies dreams and visions uh, for hundreds of years okay now that's not how long I've been studying them but some of the stuff that I include in my portfolio of potentially valid confirmations for various events during the end times uh, do go back hundreds of years. Um, But the point is this, if you correlate the key events, you know, because one person will see this vision, one person will see that vision, they'll see it from different vantage points. But when you start, when you analyze, you know, whatever vision or dream it is that you're analyzing, you correlate key events, um, and I, I could give lots of examples, but it's kind of beside the point. The point that I want to get to is we know from studying prophecies, dreams, and visions that the the day of the Lord ultimately occurs during the sixth seal. Um, and hmm. I, I won't get into all that. That's a, a whole other thing. I. Could, I could prove it three ways to Sunday by with it with at least a half a dozen different sections of the Bible, but that's all beside the point. So the great earthquake that occurs at Revelation six twelve, that great earthquake, by the way, is the same exact great earthquake that occurs in in uh, Ezekiel thirty eight verse forty one, I think it is. So it says, and by the way, one of the things, if you pay close attention to the text, which most people don't, even people that sell you their thirty nine ninety five rendition of of Revelation, they miss stuff like crazy. It's unbelievable. And um, but when you read, I believe it's Ezekiel thirty-eight forty-one-ish. Look for the words "great earthquake," and just in case I'm off a few verses, you will note if you read the whole verse all the way to the end, you will see that it is actually a global earthquake. Yeah. Similarly, you will also discover that the Revelation six twelve great earthquake is also a global 
earthquake, which coincides with Isaiah 24. The earth will sh- shake to and fro like a drunkard. But the point is, and then you start mapping this global earthquake event, which is a pinnacle event in the end times. It's a major turning point. As a matter of fact, we know that the period of wrath begins at Revelation 6:17 because it states, uh, the day of his wrath has come and no one is able to stand. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, we are not appointed to wrath, and Revelation 6, 17 go hand in hand, okay? But here's the thing. What's fascinating is when you know what causes the great earthquake, which, by the way, through additional studies of prophecies, dreams, and visions, it becomes exceedingly obvious and evident that the great earthquake is caused by a meteor that slams into the Atlantic Ocean just off the coast of Puerto Rico. Now, that so here's why that's so pivotal and important. Now, a little bit of common sense, and that unfortunately is lacking in most people who study the Bible, and that's unfortunate. But um, think about it. There ain't going to be no NASA isn't going to be making any television announcements worldwide to anybody about they got taken by the aliens. Because when a meteor slams into the and the entire earth is shaking to and fro like a drunkard, every brick and stone building is going to collapse. The entire earth is. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people worldwide that are dead. Okay, there isn't going to be a NASA coming on TV to tell anybody that, uh, you know, that that, that they were taken by the aliens. So you you know right away that they must be two separate events. And when I say they, the they part is the wheat harvest because there's hundreds of testimonies of believers out on YouTube that have been shown what they refer to, interestingly, as the final harvest. Yeah. Now, and and uh, they essentially, uh, so you've got Isaiah 26, verse uh, DBDBD 20, where it says, go into your chambers for a little while until the indignation is passed. That word, the word indignation, that tracks back to Isaiah 13, where our Heavenly Father sends otherworldly beings to the earth to perform judgments on the unrighteous. It's part of the day of the Lord. But here's the thing. Through, so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of believers have been, in one way or another, over the last 11, 12 years that I've been studying this stuff, many of them we brought on the program, they speak frequently and fervently about this, that when the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come down, we go up. That also coincides with the three days of darkness. The sun turns black as sackcloth of hair. That is a That makes the Passover event a type of the event that's going to occur uh, in the midst of the sixth seal. Now, why is this important? Because all the people that were shown by the Lord that they they were shown their rapture. They were shown, and 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 I, that's when I thought the rapture was going to happen. The whole time, for years, I believed that it's that the only time there's going to be a rapture is going to be, you know, after the three days of darkness. And without getting into all the deals of how all that goes down, but then the thing was, I I couldn't. I couldn't fill in the blanks. I was like, wait a minute. How did 
if Sori Park talked to Jesus and Jesus told him that NASA is going to make the announcement, but then everybody else is saying that that they're you know that the rapture is going to happen after the three days of darkness, uh, which is coincides with also when Russia basically takes out the United States. It's complicated, and I don't have time to go into all the details. But anyway, what's fascinating? What's fascinating is it, your revelation, your understanding, the things that you were shown, the fact that they align with the harvest, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, the grape harvest, the fact that you that you knew that the grape harvest happened right in the Revelation 14. Um, you know, and I explain to people the, these Think about it. I tell people all the time, think about it, folks. When when the when the when the locusts sting, they don't sting the people that have the seal of God on their forehead. Who are they? Right. See, the, the problem exactly. is people will read the text, but they won't ask the tough questions. That's mm-hmm. that's when you learn the mysteries that are in the Bible. You gotta ask the hard question and say, Wait a minute, who are they? What are they doing yeah. there? So if anybody, you know what I'm saying? And then it's, and I'm just blown away. I just wanted to say thank you so much, Wayne, because you said, I didn't have to say stuff. You were already saying all the stuff that I was already thinking, but, but it was perfectly in alignment with, with, with um, what the Lord ultimately showed me in bits and pieces over 10 or 11 years of time. The, the first I don't want to call it a revelation. I don't want to call it anything. I'll just say that I wrote an article. But back in 2011, I wrote an article. I was reading um, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, 38, you know, where Jesus comes back from wedding supper, and he says, keep your, keep your you know, uh, waist girded and your lamps full of oil. Well, mm-hmm. obviously, it's talking about, you know, it's obvious. It's talking about the wise and foolish virgins. And then he says he's coming back from, you know, a supper. Well, what's that? It's the wedding supper. I mean, it's, these things are not complicated. Yeah. And, and so then I was like, I wrote that article. I was like, I called it the multi-phased rescue mission, but I had no confirmations of it. I didn't even know if it was right, wrong, and different, or just a total guess that would, you know, a flop. I had no idea. And so over the last couple of years, and you're like the sprinkles on the cupcake. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the Lord has been confirming it little by little by little. And when I heard through Sister Nancy and some other folks, that you had been shown, you know, the three rapture events. I was like, okay, I don't care what it takes. We got to get Wayne on the, we got to get Wayne on this road. <laughs> so I was really happy when um, I saw that you, um, you were, you, you accepted and you were able to join us tonight. Um, because, you know, the whole testimony was absolutely mind-bending and amazing, uh, but uh, the excitement uh, that uh, that we all need, we all need that little boost of excitement um, associated with the imminence of our departure, praise God. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for the confirmation, for the testimony, for showing up on the program, and really lifting all of our spirits up uh, so that that hope is restored by the very light of uh, your testimony and the wisdom that the Lord has imparted upon you. Praise God, and thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure, Johnny, and, and if anything else, just just let me, I, I hope that it touches the the hearts of, of any of your listeners that, one, just like you say, fill them with hope, 
but also the realization that your Lord is coming back and that it is so soon. What does it say when you begin to see these things? Lift, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. It is nearer today than it ever has been. He's coming, and I cannot wait. All the glory to you, Abba, and just praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And again, if you want to uh, reach out to Wayne, it's Wayne Fowler near-death experience, but it's just NDE. So it's Wayne Fowler, NDE, at gmail.com. Praise God. And Brother Wayne, do you want to close with a prayer for us tonight? I would love to. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I give you glory and thanks and honor for who you are. You love us so much. And I'm asking for you to touch the hearts of everyone that hears this. This this message is going to to be here to, to extend beyond what we are doing today. And I'm asking for you, you know who belongs to you. And I'm asking for you to draw those who may not know you. I'm asking for you to encourage the hearts of your children that belong to you. And I'm just thanking you that your plan, your will, your purpose is perfect. Your timing is perfect. And your word is true. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, that you alone are the way, the truth, and the life. And I am wanting you to just be able to reach out to those that may not know you yet and have them realize that you came for those that are broken, just like I was, that was sinful, just like I was. And I'm still sinful. However, I have been covered by your cleansing blood. So I'm asking for you, point out those. I want to stand in the gap right now for those that are listening that have not given their heart to you. And I'm saying, cover them with your blood. Draw them to you, Lord. Have them repent. Have them give their hearts to you. And I'm asking you directly, people, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, now is the time. Today is your day of salvation. I did not know the Lord, but for just a few days when I died. And I can tell you that if I had died without Jesus, it would have been a much different thing because heaven is real. Hell is real. Jesus is real. Praise God. And his word is true. So I'm saying, reach out to him now. Say yes to him. Ask him to fill you with his spirit and be ready and look up because you are going to be able to be part of the family of God. I want to welcome you right now. If you have done that, if you have prayed that right now, I want you to reach out to Johnny. I want you to reach out in any comments, and I want you to tell someone that you have given your heart. You have surrendered it completely to Jesus right now. And I give you thanks and all the glory for it all. It's all you. It's 
all you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And folks, uh, again, uh, Wayne Fowler, NDE at gmail.com. And, and you can always email me. I'm always blessed. Uh, I've seen uh, our numbers jump up lately, which are recently, which, you know, is, uh, I, I didn't have to be a prophet to guess that that would happen when things got really weird on the earth. And boy, they sure are weird nowadays. So a lot of people are waking up, glory to God. But if you, if you ever want to email me, feel free. It's uh, jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Uh, and, uh, and Wayne, again, is uh, Wayne Fowler, N-D-E at gmail.com. Uh, because you know what? Nothing, you know, there, there's nothing more exciting than, than getting a testimony or having some, you know, because we, we know we're standing on holy ground uh, at the moment. That, that you you are led to to reach out and 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 seek fellowship and 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 know more about the Lord, uh, and and it's it's exciting because you know we're, anybody who has any inkling, <laughs> no, however infinitesimally small, how awesome our Father is, how incredible our eternity is going to be. Really, I mean, how can anyone not want to go like yesterday? Hallelujah. So thank you, Wayne, so much for joining us. What a powerful testimony. God bless you. And, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all Wednesday night, Lord willing, 7 p.m. Thank you, Wayne. God bless you. Thank you for calling in from Australia. Hallelujah. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you. Amen. God. All right. Thank you. And, uh, again, 7 p.m., Lord willing. We'll see you this Wednesday night. God bless you all. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind. Renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past. And deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.